Okay, good evening everyone, welcome back. It's been another wild week, and we get together for yet another Chumash and Shalmshir to uh, cap off the week. An amazing challenge we got, some cold Dr. Pepper, hot challenge. Can't ask for more beautiful company, beautiful company, and uh, let's proceed. Parsha's Balak. So Balak, of course, is named after Balak, who is the king of Mayav, but it would seem that one of the uh, starring roles over here is given to Bilam. Bilam Harasha, the evil Bilam, the prophet that was hired by Balak to curse the Jews. The sorcerer, the prophet, the magician, uh, he knew the dark arts, we're told, Bilam, Kishof, sorcery, witchcraft, and he's hired by Balak to curse the Jews. Balak is uh, terrified of what's going to happen to his nation. He comes and hires Bilam. And one of the most dramatic parshias out there, the whole story, everyone knows the story back and forth, where initially Bilam consults with God, God tells him, don't go curse the Jews, ki varuchu, can't curse them, they're blessed, he persists, God says, okay, you can go, but uh, you're only going to be able to say what I uh, what I put in your mouth, we have, we have a seat over here, Arthur, you looking for company? I'm sure you're looking for company. Um, would you like to take a bowl of a, what you took? Okay. Thank you. Alright, so anyway, um, and then he finally goes, and he attempts one time, two times, three times, and he attempts to curse the Jews, in fact, and what ends up happening is exactly what he told Bullock initially, that he's only going to be able to say what God has him say, and the whole thing ends up being an exercise in futility and frustration for Bullock, where instead of the desired results, what he hired Bilam to do, which is to curse the Jews, he ends up, in fact, blessing the sworn enemy of Bullock, the whom Bullock is in mortal peril and... and um, and uh, panic and, 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 and dire fear from. Okay, so that's the drama, the recap of the parasha in a nutshell. And when we look through the parasha, the whole story of Balak and Bilam, throughout the parasha, and in fact, in the discussions of our sages, you know, we, we see how Chazal describe the parasha, how Chazal, our sages, describe um, um, Bilam we see a theme, a recurring theme. And and I want to pick up on the theme and maybe discuss that theme tonight. And that theme is the theme of the eye. Eye and, eye and eyesight. Very interesting. It keeps recurring again and, and again and again and again. Um, in just this partial work. In just this partial, we find that as a theme that runs through the partial and specifically with regards to, to Bilam himself, the wicked Bilam. The eye, the eye, the optical, optical faculties and eye vision keeps coming up again and again. I'm not just, and not just in the parsha, but uh, you're, you're not that far off, you're not that far off, actually. And in, 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 in how our sages have Chazal described Bilam as well. So, where do you see this? Every time Bilam, you know, um, Bilam introduces himself every time he begins to give what he thinks is going to be a curse, but ends up being a blessing. He introduces himself, he speaks very poetically, and um, and uh, he just, he refers to himself as Nuhum uh, HaGever, he says, thus says the, the man, he says, um, he refers to himself a few times, one moment, um,
refers to himself later in the parsha as Shasum Ha'ayin. Shasum Ha'ayin, we'll get there. Um, he also refers to himself as someone who collapses. He collapses in a state of collapse. He's able to see here. Noom Shame Imre Kelvi Das Bilm says on himself, thus says he who can hear the sayings of God, he knows the the uh, plans of, that are that are being that are being formulated in heaven. Shaka he sees the visions of God. For instance, himself someone who collapses, Gluye Naim has 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 a certain vision. The vision. Gluye Naim referring to his eyes. Elsewhere in the parasha, he says again, in a state of collapse, he has this this uh, vision, it's plural. He also refers to himself, interestingly, as Numagever Shasum Ha'ayin. Thus says the 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 you know the sayer, Shasum Ha'ayin, the one who is who is who has an obstructed eye. Shasum Ha'ayin means he has an obstructed eye. Here, eye is in singular. Elsewhere in the parasha, twice it's in plural. He refers to himself alternatively as someone who's a shasum ha'ayin, who has one eye that's obstructed, and he refers to himself as gluyanayim. Both eyes, anayim, are capable of of of, 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 of glimpsing revelations. Gluyanayim, revealed eyes, eyes that get revelations, and he goes back and forth on this. Shasum ha'ayin, gluyanayim. We find this emphasis on anayim on eyes, Bilam's eyes specifically. And earlier in the parasha also, earlier in the parasha, we have um, we have a very interesting pasuk that also seems to tie directly into this. That uh, we know that part of the drama of the parasha is when uh, you know initially again God tells Bilam, don't go, don't go with them, don't try to curse the nation. The nation is blessed. You're not going to be able to curse them. He goes anyway, and Hashem gets upset, and we all know what happens in between. Kodesh Baruch Hu tries to stop him. Tries to stop Bilam in his tracks. Bilam heads on his donkey. He's traveling from Aram Naharayim, from the, the plains of uh, of Aram, to the encampment of the Jews there, uh, right on the other side of the Yarden. And three times he's stopped indirectly because his donkey refuses to go three times. Three times his donkey sees this uh, a Malach, an angel of destruction, an angel of doom that's sent to obstruct Bilam, to block Bilam. And the donkey refuses to go. First, if he's off the road, then it crushes his foot against the wall. Then it just collapses. It sits down and doesn't go anywhere. And Bilam gets increasingly irate and frustrated with his donkey. What's going on over here? He doesn't see the angel. And he starts beating his donkey. And then the Pesach says, Vayigal Hashem es Bilam. Again, Hashem shed light on the eyes of Bilam. Hashem opened the eyes of Bilam. And Bilam saw the, the, the angel. Now, did Bilam really see it with his eyes? No. He didn't see it with his eyes because you can't see angels with your eyes. Everybody knows that, right? Well, now we know that. Anyway, the the uh, you know holy commentators of, of antiquity already tell us that angels are spiritual, and we are physical, and our eyes are physical, and we see physical things. We can't see spirituality. You know, someone claims he sees spiritual things directly with his eyes. You know, let's g- give me a puff of whatever that guy's smoking, right? <laughs> you can't see spirituality with your eyes. The eyes are not built to see that. You know, the optic nerves, they only pick up on things that are there in reality, right? You can't see an angel. An angel is spiritual, not physical. Bill was given a vision of the angel. He was given a vision of the angel. 
You know, that's, that's what he was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent him a vision. And yet, it speaks allegorically, metaphorically, in terms of Hashem opening his eyes. So yeah, that does have certainly a metaphorical uh, interpretation to it, that his eyes, not in terms of his physical eyes, but his eyes in terms of his comprehension. At the same time, we see this stress again, this emphasis again, there's clearly a theme running through here. The Torah is always talking about Bilaam's eyes. The sight of Bilaam, the vision of Bilaam, the vision of Bilaam, and what his eyes see and what, what's revealed to his eyes. Okay, we see that, see this four or five, six times throughout the parsha. And I want to pick up on something else. There's, there's a very interesting discrepancy. Sometimes we see his eyes in plural, sometimes we see his eyes in singular. Here, the eyes are in, in plural again. Vayigal Hashem is ene Bilam. When Bilam is privileged to see the donkey, Hashem sends him this vision of the, uh, I'm sorry, of, of the, the Malach, the angel, the fiery angel of doom and destruction. So it talks about Hashem showing him that to his eyes in plural. Later in the parasha, when he describes himself as Neifel, Naim, the person who collapses and his eyes are, are uh, illuminated, his eyes are, receive a revelation that's also in plural. He collapses and God illuminates his eyes. And in the middle, we have him referring to himself as Numa Gever Shasuma Ain. Thus says the, 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 the person, you want, you want to get a chair off for, uh, for um, Mr. Take a chair off the stack? Thank you. Take a chair off the stack for him. For, for that. Thank you. So then we see earlier, in the middle rather, Shkarif Menachem. Um, it says, it refers to him, he refers to himself rather as Numa Gever Shasuma Ain. Thus says, the the prophet who is who is says Bilman himself Shusuma Ain. I one um, I have an obstructed eye. Shusuma Ain. There it refers to the Ain singular. So what do we make with, with a, a number of questions emerging over here? Eyes are running through the whole thing. We encounter Bilam, we bump into eyes, vision, eyesight, optics. Sometimes we're talking about his eyes in plural, sometimes we're talking about his eyes in singular. And there's one more place where we when we find Bilam, we, we suddenly start talking about eyes. And Ramesha was, 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 was actually on, on, on the right track earlier. Our sages also talk about Bilam. In Pirkei Avis, in fact, Ethics of the Fathers. Pirkei Avis, we have the Pirkei Avis here, Shabbos afternoon. And <clears throat> the truth is, it's interesting, Bilam gets into a mission. He gets his own Mishnah. He gets his own mission in Pirkei Avis. In uh, the fifth Pirkei of Avis, which we read last week, because every week, you know, from Pesach till Rosh Hashanah, we cycle through the, the chapters of Pirkei Avis, and every week it's another parak. Every week we read another parak. Last week was uh, was Nemta uh, Abenko, Abenko. No, 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 no. Um, so every week is another parak. Last week was the fifth parak. It happens to be that in, it's interesting. It almost worked out. Last week, this week is Balak, and this week we talk about Bilam. Last week in Pirkei Avis, we had a mission about Bilam. The time is just one week off over here, but in Eretz Yisrael is actually um, time it worked out perfectly. In Eretz Yisrael, there's one parsha ahead of us currently. So last week in Eretz Yisrael was 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 Balak. This week for us is Balak, and for them it's Pinchas. We're not going to be coordinated until a few weeks from now when we're going to do a double parsha. Matzas Matzay. Then we're going to do single parshas. We're going to finally catch up. But they actually had both in the same week. They had uh, Balak last week, and they had Bilam last week, and they had Bilam and Pirkei Avis last week. So it talks, Bilam gets a cameo in Pirkei Avis. Chazal talk about Bilam also. And Chazal talk about Bilam, they contrast Bilam to Avram Avinu. And they say, be from the students of, of Avram Avinu, of Abraham, don't be a student of Bilam. The students of Avram have three traits, and the students of Bilam have three traits, and we contrast the traits one against the other. One of the three traits that we're told that Bilam has is ayin ra'a, a bad eye. 
ayin ra'a, and Avram, we're told, has ayin toiva, a good eye. What's ayin ra'a? Critical eye, unfavorable eye, a, a, a um, severe eye, severe look, critical, negative. Avram has ayin toiva, positive, favorable eye. And so we see yet again that where we encounter them, we talk about eyes. Eyes pop up everywhere. You know, the eyes have it over here when it comes to Bilam. So let's just, let's, let's make a summary of what's bothering us, what we're picking up on over here. In the parsha, we see that Einaim are coming up all over the place when it comes to Bilam. By Yigal Hashem is Einei Bilam. Hashem revealed Bilam's eyes. That's in the beginning of the parsha already with the donkey, with the chamor, um, with the asain rather. Um, the, the end of the parsha with throughout his prophecies, he says that he's noifal guliyanaim when he collapses, he collapses and he has revelations, things are revealed to his eyes. And he describes himself as Shasuma Ayn, the man who has an obstructed eye. Chazal talk about him as Ayn Ra. So what's with Bilam and eyes? Why are, why, why is Bilam surrounded with Ainaim? And we also ask another question, what's this discrepancy between plural and singular, singular and plural? Sometimes we talk about Bilam's eyes in the parasha. It's Ainaim plural. Hashem reveals, sheds light on his eyes. Noifal Guleyanaim. And sometimes it's singular. Shasuma Ayn, the man with the obstructed eye. And in Pikavis also it talks about I in, in singular there, not plural. Bilam is described as Ayin Ra'a, not Ainaim Ra'is, but Ayin Ra'a. That's also singular. Ayin Ra'a, Shasuma Ayin, but it's also plural, sometimes plural, sometimes singular, and Bilam is surrounded by eyes. So what's going on over here? Let's try to put all this together. We put all this together, it should hopefully give us insight into Bilam, what Bilam was, what he stood for, and hopefully give us insight into the Parsha overall, and maybe even some insight into us, some, some takeaways for us to take back into our own lives and to strive to be not from the students of Bilam, but to be from the students of Abram, we understand a little bit more what Bilam was and what he stood for. So let's start with this, the middle mention of Ayin over here. He's called Shesum Ha'ayin. He calls himself Shesum Ha'ayin. Thus saith Bilam Gever Shesum Ha'ayin, the man who has an obstructed eye. What does that mean altogether, that he has an obstructed eye? He has an obstructed eye. Okay. Kalta so the Darton. Kalta Koila. Okay, so anyway, so... So, 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 um, um, Shasuma Ayn, why is he someone of an obstructed eye? Why does he have an obstructed eye? So Rashi says something very interesting. Rashi says that Bilam actually starts off the Parsha with both eyes. He lost an eye halfway through the Parsha. He actually lost an eye. He lost an eye, physically. He went from sighted in two eyes to being sighted only in one eye. He, he lost an eye. Now, why? Excellent question. Why did he lose an eye? So listen to this. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We're not told, it doesn't say anywhere that he had his, you know, slingshot and he was taking pat shots to people's eyes. It doesn't say that. Why did he lose an eye? Shuzuma Ayn. He had an eye that was missing. He's, he so went, he, he started, he started in the beginning of the parish with both eyes, he loses an eye. Why did he lose an eye? So Rashi says something, something very interesting. One of the blessings that Bilam gives to the Jews is as follows. Who can count the dust of Jacob and number the Roiva Yisrael? Who can give a number to the Roiva Yisrael? What's Roiva Yisrael? Roiva Yisrael, says Rashi, that means the camp of Kaiso, which is broken into four divisions. Roiva from Elashon of Arba. Who can count the dust of Jacob? What does it mean? The dust of Jacob, Rashi says, the mitzvahs that we eat, all the mitzvahs we do, we, we, we do mitzvahs even with dust, with dirt. We, Jews do mitzvahs with everything. And who can number, give a number 
to the Roy Yisrael, to the camp of, of the Jews, of the Israelites. Rashi says another pshat. What's a Roy Yisrael? Roy can also refer to procreation, to, to a husband and wife engaging in marital relations, procreation, producing the next generation of Klai Yisrael. Says Rashi, what, what was the blessing that Philem was giving? And again, all the blessings that he was giving were words that were directly put into his mouth that God forced him to say. He wanted to give a curse. Instead, he gave blessings. What was he saying? Misparis Rebbe Yisrael, God's the only one that can number and can count the, the, the next generation of Klai Yisrael, which is produced from the act of procreation of Klai Yisrael, produced from the act of, 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 of marital relations, husband and wife, and what he was saying was, quotes Rashi, Rashi brings down, that God himself personally oversees, God personally oversees every act of procreation in the Jewish world to ensure, and God says, Mona, God counts this act and, 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 and the beginnings, this cell, this, this egg cell, which is going to be the very beginning of the next Jew, and all those egg cells, which is the beginning of the next generation of Klaiso, God personally oversees the procreation says, this will be a tzaddik, and this one's going to be a tzaddik, and this one's going to be a tzaddik, this one's going to be a tzaddik. That's the blessing that, that Bilaam was given Klai, so that God himself is personally overseeing this. Now, after Bilaam says this, says, brings down Rashi, that's only the first half of the story. The second half of the story is like this. Bilaam says, oh, well, what's going on? I thought God was this very lofty and holy creator with a capital C. God is holy. God is lofty. That's what God's busy with? That's what God is, is busy paying attention to procreation, to marital relations, to intimacy, and saying, this cell is going to become a tzaddik, and this cell is going to be a that's, that's what God is, is busy with? That's what God is looking at? That doesn't, that's not becoming of God. A holy being, a holy creator. What's he doing over there? What's he, what's he busy with over there? You know, what's he, what's he, what's he, what's he, what's he investigating? That, that doesn't, that's, that's inappropriate for God. That's what Bilaam said after this blessing came out of his mouth. Says Rashi, as a result of him, so to speak, saying lush and har on God, speaking negatively about God, he lost an eye. He lost an eye for that. And from this point on, he refers to himself as Shasumain. Uma gave Shasumain. Thus says the, 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 the sayer, the, the seer, who's unfortunately not able to see as well as he can anymore, as he used to be, as he used to. The, the one who's missing an eye, an eye has been obstructed. From that point on, he loses an eye. Okay? So, so far, so good. We're building something up over here. Oh, excellent. So here's the question. Oh, not the it on, on, on the head. What's the pshat over here? Why is it that as a result of him speaking negatively about God, he loses an eye? There's always, God always does things, mita kanaga mita. You know, in, in, in like for like, God responds. There's never just like random arbitrary punishments. Things always make sense. Things are always consequential. Things are always done with a plan, with, 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 you know, wisdom, godly, infinite wisdom. What's the wisdom in the punishment for God speaking unfavorably, critically of God and him losing an eye? So maybe we would say on the surface, as Menachem is saying, right? Menachem Tzvi is saying he should have lost his mouth. That's what he sinned with. He sinned with his mouth. He should lose his mouth. He should become mute, right? Lose his tongue. Lose half of your tongue. Don't lose an eye, right? Lose your teeth, right? All his teeth should fall out. That he sinned with his mouth, not with his eye. Anyway. Right? He should lose his mouth and not, not, not his eye. And, and, um, even if we'll say 
that uh, he loses an eye because he was he was speaking critically of God's, so to speak, what God was looking at. God God views, God checks out procreation of the Jews to, to, to declare that this act of procreation will produce a tzaddik, this will produce a tzaddik. So he's talking about God is looking at things he shouldn't look at. And that's why he lost an eye. Again, that seems a little bit too indirect, too arbitrary, right? It seems a little bit too removed because, again, there wasn't, he was speaking unfavorably about God's eye, but he spoke about God's eye. It was about, about how he spoke unfavorably. He spoke incorrectly. He spoke inappropriately about God. Um, why again is he losing an eye? And why one eye? Why one eye? Why not two eyes? If, he's, if we're going to punish him with his eyes, so, so let's knock both eyes out, right? Punish him with having him lose two eyes. So, so something's very not clear over here. Why is this the logical punishment for him, uh, for, what, you know, what, what he was not saying appropriately about God? And why an eye altogether? And why one eye, not two eyes? So here is where the beginning of the whole topic really unfolds and, and really comes together. This question really ties everything together. And, and a beautiful idea emerges here with the question that we're asking. And let's take a step back and ask another question. Why was Taka Bilam wrong? What was wrong about Bilam saying, well, that's what God is looking at. God is paying attention to, to marital relations. God is paying attention to intimacy, to procreation. We see that Bilam was punished. But Bil- clearly, Bilam was wrong. But why was he wrong? Well, what did Bilam say? Bilam said, God who's so holy, God who's so lofty, God who's so amazing, that's what he's looking at, that's what he's busy with? What, what, why, what was he wrong about? What, what, was, what was incorrect with this? He was clearly incorrect because he got punished. He was clearly being inappropriate because he was punished. But what was inappropriate about this? The answer is like this. What was Bilam's mistake? Bilam's mistake is in how he was surmising the situation, how he sized things up. How he was understanding and surmising God's involvement and God paying attention to to the act of marital relations. What does that mean? So let's look at his punishment. He goes from having two eyes to one eye. He used to have two eyes, now he has one eye. What's the basic difference, Rabbi Yisai, in, in, in seeing with two eyes and seeing with one eye? He's not damaged. He's damaged, okay. But what's depth, the, perception. depth perception. With two eyes, with two eyes, um, um, Two eyes. What's the what's the medical term for that again? The uh, stereoscopic vision. Thank you. Stereoscopic vision. With stereoscopic vision, you see you see depth. You have depth perception. You know what's closer and what's further. That's what two eyes let you see. You see depth. You see panemius. You see an inner world. You you see close and far, near and 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 uh, distant. With one eye, everything is flat. You can't thread a needle. You can't hang a picture. That's why it's so hard hanging a picture because you can only see with one eye back there, right? You can't see depth when you hang a picture on the wall, right? It's always it's impossible to hang a picture on the wall. It's trial and error. It's gonna have to fall a few times till you get it on the nail because you you so you know you're so limited what you can see. You see a very flat um, view over there. You can only see only one eye can see back there at a time. You can't see depth behind the. But you can't. You can't try it out. You can't. I've, I've done this many many times. Anyway, so with one eye, with one eye afterwards, 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 with one eye. Yeah, right there so you don't forget the, <laughs> the comment. With, with, with one eye, you can't see depth. That's the, that's monoscopic vision. Monoscopic vision, everything is flat. Everything is, is shitri, we'd say. And everyone can try this on their own, try this at home. We want, you close one eye, you don't know what's near and what's further, and, and, and it's impossible to do many, many tasks that we take for granted. Dylan goes from stereoscopic to monoscopic vision, from depth perception to everything being flat. Why? Because he doesn't see things with depth. Mm. Everything is flat. Everything is superficial. Everything is topical. Everything is 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 simplistic. 
God is, is paying attention to the procreation, the marital relations of, of Kleisel. Bilam, his perception, his understanding of marital relations, procreation, is that there's no holiness over there. There's nothing, there's nothing godly over there. That is, that, 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 that is just a, the, the, the pursuit of, of, um, that's, that's animalistic. That's animalistic. Pleasure, exactly. There's nothing holy there. That, that holy people stay away from that. And holiness has nothing to do with that. And that that's something that's, again, animalistic, etc. That's something that a holy person should be ashamed of. Or embarrassed. God doesn't belong over there. God says nothing could be further from the truth. Everything has holiness. Everything has depth. You're failing to see things with depth. That's why you don't think that it's appropriate for me to be there. What are you talking about, Bilam? There's beauty there. There's holiness. There's, there's depth there. There's a husband and wife. There's producing tzaddik and producing the next generation of Kleisrael. Of course there's holiness over there. You, from your petty, simplistic, superficial perspective on life, you see, you know, two two opposites. You see, it's either you know, an animalistic, uh, 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 um, um, hedonistic pursuits, or godliness. But the, the, the two are, are, are opposite from one another because you can't see any. You don't see depth. You don't see depth. You don't see depth. You're going to lose your ability to see depth. That's why he loses one eye and only one eye, and 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 not both eyes. Mm-hmm. Taking that further, whenever he refers to himself, he refers to himself as he lost an eye. Shasuma eye. When Chazal referred to him as well, Chazal said he had eye in Ra'ah, an unfavorable eye, also singular. Chazal referring to again Bilam at his worst, Bilam at his state of corruption. Eye in Ra'ah, one eye again was an eye in Ra'ah, we're talking about Bilam, Harasha, Bilam in, in his state of downfall, of, of, of uh, moral corruption. And eye in Ra'ah, again we see eye again, what is eye in Ra'ah and how does that tie in with his inability to perceive depth? So it's the it's it's the, it's it's the 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 corollary of everything that we set up. We talked till now that Bilam doesn't see depth. Everything is flat. Everything is superficial. Everything is superficial for Bilam, as far as Bilam's concerned. Bilam also possesses ayin ra'a. The students of Bilam are people that have ayin ra'a. What does it mean to have ayin ra'a, an unfavorable eye, critical eye? It means when I look at people, I don't see people. What do I see? Parasites. Oh. Parasites. Someone with Ayn Ra doesn't see human beings on the other side of the table, doesn't see his needs and his needs and his needs and real human condition and, 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 and issues and suffering and I can help you and I can think about you and I can care about you. I don't see any of the human condition on the other side of me. I just see everyone who wants my child. I see everyone who wants my food. I see everyone who wants to take things away from me. That's Ayn Ra. And that's what Bilam had when he looked at the Jews. It says later in the parsha, Balak summoned him. He was looking down at the Jews, and he looked at the Jews. These guys are the scourge of the earth, the scourge of society, parasites. And that's we hear that all uh, over and over again with uh, classic anti-Semites. That's I look, look at the Jews. The Jews are the you know they keep society going. Wherever we go, the economy flourishes, right? When 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 they let it. But uh, anti-classic anti-Semitism and Bilam himself was to look with Ayn Ra. You guys are the scourge of society. You're parasites. That's Bill, that's Ayn Ra. And that we can have that Chasram on an individual level. So I could see someone, again, I, I see my neighbor, I see with Ayn Toiva, I see a neighbor that I can help out, I see he's struggling with his kids, he has problems at home that, 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 that I can help them out. When I see them with Ayn Ra, I see oh, they're, they're, they're coming to make our life miserable. Their kids are always knocking on the door with runny noses, they're, they're, they're always making noise late at night. That's Ayn Ra when I just see myself. And I see how they're impacting on me. That's Ayn Ra. Bilam had Ayn Ra. 
He doesn't see humanity on the other side. He doesn't see depth. Again, comes from depth perception. He doesn't see reality on the other side of him. All he sees is how everyone else is adversely impacting his life. He sees scourge. He sees plague. He sees parasites. It's all the same ties in with the same common denominator that Bilam has a problem with his vision, with his sight. Whenever we talk about Bilam and his problem, his troubled vision, his critical take on humanity, his superficial take, that's Ayn Ra, and that's Shasum Ha'ayin when he can't see depth. And that's why we talk about that always when we're talking about Bilam's problems, we talk about it in singular. When God shares information with Bilam, that's when we find the plural. Vayigal Hashem is Eine Bilam. Hashem gave revelation to Bilam's eyes. When Hashem gives him prophecy, when Hashem gives him Hashem's ultimate information, that's when we find it in plural, because Bilam on his own is incapable of this. Bilam on his own can't get to the plural. Bilam on his own can't get to depth of perception. Bilam on his own can't get to the reality of what's going on on the other side. He needs God to do that. So whenever we talk about God granting him and gifting him with a vision, it's always in plural. We talk about Bilam's vision on its own, whether it's Chazam Perkeavis, or whether it's Shusumayim, we talk about singular, because Bilam's problem was he only sees static. He only sees superficial. He only sees something that's flat on the other side. He doesn't see anything with depth. And that creates, again, a lack of awareness of, of what holiness really is. And that creates an Ayn Ra, seeing everyone as parasites and as a scourge. So it's our job, and we conclude over here, to take away a lesson from the parashas. It always is our job to take away a lesson from Bilam. We have to think positively. We have to see positively with both eyes. See humanity with both eyes. See how we can help people, not how people are adversely impacting on us. When we train ourselves to see everyone as how they impact on us and make life difficult and pragmatic for us. We're seeing Chas Shalom as Bilam, that's Ayn Ra'a. We have trained ourselves to see the real person who's on the other side, caring about them, thinking about them, that's Ayn Toiva, they're seeing with both eyes, and then we have rectified, indeed, what went wrong with Bilam. We should always be zeichel to see with both eyes, always be zeichel to be sighted, always be zeichel to have death perception, and help out Klaus as best as possible. Everybody have an amazing, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you all for joining. He did get some rewards. He did get for bringing offerings. He, he got some rewards. He, look at his uh, lineage. Today, he been a Melech, King David.